Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Show some love and help us out. Subscribe, leave us a five-star review, become a patron, do all the above, it's up to you. And as always, follow us on Twitter and visit theaterthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. Together, there are two Tuckers. One is named Tucker. The other tucks her dick in her butt. It's Tucker and Golden Delicious. Yay! Hello! How are hey. you? Oh, wonderful. So, for Better those now. who don't know, we are recording on Valentine's Day. It's very Yay. exciting. The or most I, lovely I call time it, of the year. Yeah, I just call it Wednesday. Because I'm very <laughs> much day. single. Yeah. yeah. Single Awareness Day. Yeah, it's Single Awareness Day. Yay me! <laughs> so, we're going to like talk about everything about the two of you. But okay. we're like mostly here. To talk about your new show, which is yeah. what, the third iteration of it now? The third. That's our third time. It's called Two Tuckers. Two Tuckers. And yet third time's the charm. Is it? Will it be? That's what we're planning for. Yeah, you know, things are best in threes. It's true. A it's triangle. A triangle is a strong, strong shape. It's true. So let's get all the information about the event out of the way now. Sure. So tell us about it. Yeah, so Two Tuckers is on Monday... February 19th. At 9.30 p.m. At the Duplex Cabaret Theater. That was so well rehearsed. I loved it. Yeah, it's amazing. It so wasn't, and it weirdly just worked. (laughs) Um, No, but this one's going to be really cool. Uh, We've done two already. This is the third, as we've said. And this particular one, we have two really great special guests. Uh, Do you want to talk about the first one? Yeah, so the first one, his name is Sam Taggart. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was named one of Brooklyn's 50 Funniest People. Uh, he's a funny, funny guy. We actually just wrote our song with him today. We were in the studio with him today, and we wrote an amazing song. We don't want to reveal too much, but it is certainly, um, you know... It'll make you hoot and holler. It will. (laughs) Amazing. And our other guest is an old pal of mine named Nikhil Sabu, who, uh, just is about to make his Broadway debut in Mean Girls on Broadway. Awesome. He's been spending every day in rehearsals, trucking along. They start previews in about a month. And we just arranged the tune we're going to do with him uh, last night. Yeah, and for that one, I'm, all we're going to say is that we're trying to make Fetch happen. And Amazing. it will happen. Is Tina Fey going to be here? Should Listen, be we are gunning for Nikhil to invite anyone and everyone from the Mean Girls family who wants to be there. Including so. Lindsay Lohan? I yeah, mean, I mean, Lindsay only. is welcome. I think she's gotten her shit together. I finally. think Lindsay would be really into two times. I think she would be, too. Yeah. She would be. She can bring Oprah, because doesn't Oprah really love Lindsay Lohan? Sure, let's go with that. Or is it Wendy Williams? Wendy Williams, I'm that... Ooh, just digging digging a deep hole there, Golden. Wow, we just... That was... That happened. That happened on a recording that will forever be implemented on the internet. Amazing. Well, let's learn a little bit about you two. Sure. Um, Where are you from? Uh, I grew up about 10 minutes into North Jersey. Uh, in a town called Tenafly. Uh, now I'm living in Edgewater, New Jersey. Uh, and yeah, that's where I hail from. <laughs> yeah, and I grew up in the core of Apple Country. That's a real thing that they call my hometown. Uh, Williamson, New York, which is, you know, right outside of, right outside, I mean like a 30 minute drive outside of Rochester, New York. And what brought you to New York? Well, uh, I went from the core of Apple Country to the Big Apple. Uh, to pursue an acting career, much like many uh, budding cross-dressers do. Of course. Uh, I went to school for musical theater, moved to the city, started auditioning, and uh, I actually I got offered a contract for a tour and looked at the details and realized that I didn't want to leave the city. Uh, and so I stayed, and I never went to another audition. <laughs> and do you have any aspirations to audition again or act? Possibly. Um, right now I'm focusing on, uh, you know, creating my own path with drag and doing what Tucker and I are doing together. But uh, I obviously theater was my first love, and I consider what I do very much theater. Um, so if the right opportunity were to present itself, absolutely. What about you? How did you decide to stay in the area? Yeah, well, you know, being in North Jersey, I was automatically in New York City all the time. I actually started going to school in the Bronx from third grade onward. Oh, cool. And sort of by the transitive property, as I like to say, I just told everyone I was from Manhattan. Um, so I would go to school during the day, and I come from a music business family, so I was constantly going on recording sessions and auditions and 
uh, eventually, when it was time for me to go to college, or lack thereof, eventually I decided to go to school, and I had no other option in my brain than to stay in New York City and to get out of New Jersey very quickly. <laughs> so I went to the new school uh, in Greenwich Village, which was awesome. I studied nonfiction writing, which I like to think really aided my songwriting and also just broadened my brain and my mind to think about uh, things that would really affect the way that I create. Uh, so I read a lot of books, and I wrote a lot of personal essays, and then once I did that and I was living in the East and West Village so out of college, I never really wanted to leave. Um, and so I just kept going and going and going and made myself a New York-centric cat. And I've been spending a lot more time in L.A. recently. I'm slowly but surely becoming bi-coastal, uh, but New York will always be home. You know, did you really just call yourself a cat? Yeah, I did. Meow. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to learn a little bit about your inspirations as performers. Sure. Um, what inspires you as artists? Well, you no, go I mean, first this time. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, the, the songs I write and the music that I really gravitate towards really stems from 60s and 70s pop and rock and roll. I, I, I come from a family uh, with a mother who you know, was singing on the first five years of SNL and from 75 to 80. And her first band was with Jimi Hendrix when she was 15 and ended up singing with ELO and Todd Rundgren. And, you know, I, so I, I grew up around that sort of rock music. And I think that definitely influences what I do. But my father, who's a producer and a voice actor, you know, was constantly also playing like Al Jolson in our house mm-hmm. and other comedy records. And so I got a wide spectrum of music. And I think that really sort of influences the type of stuff I like to create. I I love a great meaty pop hook, but I love making things that make people laugh and like to have fun. So that's something that influences our music, definitely, for sure. Yeah, I was definitely influenced by my parents really early on. They're both big theater fans. Um, you know, the first, you know, community theater I ever did was with my dad, like in shows with my dad. And so I was raised on like Pippin and Oklahoma and all of that. So... Um, that was a huge, huge influence. But then my parents were also like huge NPR fans. And so I remember like growing up listening to like Garrison Keillor and (laughs) wait, wait, don't tell me and all those things and antiques roadshow, even like PBS, we didn't have cable. So all of those things are kind of influences as well. So I think that's kind of informed my drag in sense of, in a sense of the way I communicate on the microphone and, uh, the kind of comedy and, um, numbers that I gravitate toward. How would you describe Golden in three words? I would say that Golden is brash. She is beautiful. And she's a total dumb slut. <laughs> is yeah. that one hyphenated one? Is that Total dumb slut. Total, total dumb, dumb slut. slut. No hyphen, TDF. but no space. Total dumb slut. Did you slut. sign off on all that? I most certainly sign <laughs> up on every single one of those things. No, it, it, that's really accurate. I, th- I, I think Golden's all those things and more. I agree. And what is it like being the tallest drag queen on the planet? Um, it is the first thing anyone ever says to me is, wow, you're so tall. We were just out at an event at uh, the Museum of Modern Art, and I was in full drag. And after the show, uh, this guy came up to us on the street and was like, wow, that show was really great. And he came up and he, was, he said to me, you're so, and I thought he was going to say tall, and he said beautiful, and I and was just... it was just, like the weight had been lifted. It was like, the greatest <laughs> thing that had ever happened to me, that someone didn't lead with tall. Congratulations. But I love being tall, yeah. you know, other than hitting my head on things. It's a pretty great way to stand out, right? Yeah, so what, what size heel do you normally wear? Um, I have like two pairs of heels that I like really like to perform in, one of which is like a four inch and one is a six inch. So you don't care. You'll go to that ceiling. I'll go to the ceiling, bitch. I'm not afraid. Wait till you perform at the Lori Beachman, and you're going to have to be in flats. Really? Is it that short? The ceiling is short. short She's short. Wow, I've never noticed. Um, Every time Latrice goes in there, like, she hits the top with her wig. Oh, God. It's amazing. Um, What was the most eye-opening part of the music industry once you entered it? Oh, my goodness. Well... The most amazing thing about it to me, now that I'm old enough to really understand my upbringing through it, was that it just felt like natural to do it. Yeah. Like, I I, I grew up and would, like, go to sessions with my mom that she was in, and she'd be, like, jamming at the piano with Paul Schaefer, and it was just like, oh, it's like my mom and her, her pals, like, hanging out and making music, and then eventually I sort of just started doing it myself. 
but eye-opening is just that, you know, at the end of the day, like, even when I worked at SNL as a vocalist, you go in thinking, especially the first few times that I went in, thinking, oh my god, it's so intimidating, you see these people on TV, what are they doing? But they're all just, like, theater geeks at heart who are trying to make the best content they can, and I think that's really true no matter what stage of your career you're in, is that these people just want to create good work. Yeah. Um, whether it's a song or a skit or... Uh, or a play or a podcast. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm a I'm, I'm a diehard SNL fan. Yeah. And I knew that you were involved a little bit, mm-hmm. and I, but I just didn't know like what sketches or whatever. Uh, and I decided like in I guess November, um, I was remembering one of my favorite sketches from the year before. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna watch the Go Cubs Go sketch. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I know him. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. That was, a, that was the first on camera thing I did for them, and. That day was crazy, I can and imagine. it was, and that was actually a real eye-opening thing about the music industry for me because it happened on a really sad day, and it was a very quick day. Um, I had, we had a very bad accident, which I won't get into the graphic details of, but my dog passed away that day, and my parents took the dog to the vet, and they called me and said that the dog had passed away, and there I am, like calling out to the dog in my house and grieving and like trying to communicate with him in whatever realm he was in. And as I'm crying, like my phone starts ringing and I see it's the vocal contractor from SNL. And so I was like, okay, I just gotta like get your shit together, Carol, yeah. and we're gonna pick up the phone. And I did, and they were like, hey, can you be here in an hour? We're gonna have you sing with the Cubs and Bill Murray. And I called my father and I was like, hi, I need you to like come back to the house where we all were together and like take me to the city and we got to get the show on the road. And it was a real lesson in how the show always must go on, no matter what circumstance it is. And we we did that one for Mo. Good old Mo. Well, that reminds me of, you know, there was a time that I had my my monthly show at the West End and um, I was about to go on stage and my nail fell off. And that's really the moment that I learned... (laughs) That the show uh, must go on. <laughs> the show must go on. Well, I want to talk about the West End for a hot second. Absolutely. Um, so you got your show as the winner of the Ultimate Track Pageant. Yeah, so it wasn't officially part of the prize package yet when I was doing it. But um, yeah, they, they offered me the show because there was an opening and uh, I very gladly took it. About a year ago, I think it was the first time I did it was March mm-hmm. 2017, so almost a year. Um, and it's been a real pleasure. I, what I what I love about the West End is that it's really a true cabaret space. You know, absolutely. It's people sitting at tables where there's food and they can enjoy the show, and it's it's a captive audience, and that's what I love. You know, I love doing all kinds of drag shows. I love doing you know the regular gay club scene and all of that as well. But I think my real like passion it comes from theater and people like sitting down and shutting up and paying attention to what I'm doing. What was the pageant experience like for you? It was amazing. Um, I was just reminiscing yesterday with Tucker about it, about how the thing that it really taught me was how to take a prompt and and take an assignment and still be able to make it my own. And it was an opportunity to kind of start learning who Golden Delicious was, because I had been doing drag for a few months before I did the pageant, but it wasn't in that kind of capacity where I had to have a fully-fledged character and I had to really know who I was so it was a privilege to have people start taking me seriously so that I could really start learning about myself. Are there any drag queens that are on your wish list to work with? Of course. Um, I mean the number one of all time I think for me would be to work with Lipsinka. I mean she's not you know out and about the way she used to be but um, that was the first thought I had when when you said that but um, people on the scene right now, you know, I'm doing my first show with Gina Tonic uh, this week. Then I'm really excited for that. She and I really get along, and but we've never really gotten the opportunity. Yeah, to it's work gonna be together. interesting. Two dumb blondes in the same room. I know it's gonna be a lot of. Um, it's gonna be a really intellectual show. It's yeah, yeah <laughs> so intellectual. Well, it's funny because you know I think both of us are really like heady people in our right. real lives, but then we get on the mic and it's like for whatever reason this it like side of us though. comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and Tucker even said that when we first listened because Gina mentioned and like referred to me as a dumb blonde like her on your show. And Tucker was like, are you a dumb blonde? And I was like, Tucker, yeah. <laughs> but like Tucker gets to see a different side of me where I'm like so like, you know, type A. <laughs> Tucker, do you have any dream collaborators? Anyone you would want to work with hmm. either from a songwriting perspective or someone to sing your music? Sure. Um, 
someone to sing my music and potentially write with too. I know she writes recently has been Jess Glenn off your mm-hmm. hip to Jess Glenn. Mm-hmm. She is uh, that great hit. Uh, Ain't got far to go. She's big in the UK. I've been like on a kick with her for the last few months. Um, well, it's in the universe now. It's in the universe. Jess Glenn, if you're listening, girl, give me a ring. I'll write a mean song with you. And uh, with, with just to work with anyone. I, recently, I've been listening to a lot of Beach Boys and like Brian yeah. Wilson. And my mom sang background for him back in the day. And I just, his mind is such an interesting musical mm-hmm. place. And I would love to just be in a room with him and see what would happen. I don't know if he would even like listen to anything I'd have to say. I would just want to listen to him do whatever he wanted to do. Um, but I would love to breathe the same air. So how did you two meet? We say it on three. One, dos, tres. Grinder. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? That's the power of the internet. That's where dream collaborations begin. That's what we've learned at least. You know, it's it's a great place to meet people for all kinds of purposes. Absolutely. And the amazing thing about it truly that we've learned is, you know, we're we're both on there and like we, we make friends and other things on there. And it's been a great way to network our shows. Absolutely. And we make really a ton is. of new friends and people come to the show. I mean, obviously Grinder is a great place for people to connect in very specific ways. But uh, and whether that's their intention for actually coming to see us or not, who knows. But we have made some really wonderful friends through that. I mean, there too. is a reason why it says networking is one of the options. Absolutely. Yeah. And I used to make fun of that, right. but it really is true. And I... I'm one of my signature numbers, as you know, Michael, is my blowjob mix, yeah. which is really like a tribute to Grinder. And um, before before I do it in the show at Two Tuckers, I've called out and like tried to get people to admit that they're fa- they're from Grinder, so and people are so embarrassed <laughs> to say it. But it's like we like, and, but we're up there knowing like half of this audience is here. Is like here because we were like, hey, yeah, like we do a show. Come. <laughs> so, what is it like working together? How do how, what is the writing process like? Well, usually I sort of noodle around at the piano and we'll come together and say, wouldn't this be a really good idea for a song? Like, wouldn't that be a silly hook or a certain way to spin something? And then Golden will noodle around with a rough melody and some sort of like lyric idea. And then I'll sort of flesh it and turn it into something that feels a little hooky. And then we sort of go from there. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a song as an example of like, like we wrote a song, the first song... Was that the first one? Golden's Golden Rules was the first one we wrote together, right? Yeah, so that that I we had the idea to do like a drag etiquette song, um, and so we just kind of sat down at the piano, and really the the inspiration for the song was like old like opening numbers of like like we we knew we wanted it to have steps, like uh, first you do this, then you do this, and as the lyric goes, uh, what what is it? Uh, if if you're loving what you're seeing, you better clap your hands. You know, and then we would just like instruct people to do things, which we thought they was do fun. It. They and do it. And they do it. Every time, you know. Yeah. And it, it was certainly a process when we first came up with the number to figure out how the audience would do it, whether we needed like signs for the terms we bring up. And then we ended up incorporating mm-hmm. like these big brassy gay signs that say words like now say work or slay. Or... Which Tucker made, <laughs> by the way. Thank you. I, you know, I am a crafts middle schooler. I was, at I was very <laughs> impressed when he came to me with those signs. Well, I want to, with that song, I will say that the phrase good job has been infiltrated into the scene a little bit. Oh, I'm so happy um, to hear in that. In a way, I'm going to just say it right now. Good job is your slurp. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, I'm so happy to hear that. Last night I was at Gloria's show, uh-huh. and all I just kept on saying was good job. And um, the guys from uh, Fresco Cantina were there, and like they were laughing because they know where it comes from. So, what is the origin of Good Job? How did that happen? Well, it's funny, because I, I, like I told you before we started recording, I just listened to your episode with Paige Turner of Slurp fame, and what she said about it was that, um, you know, all great catchphrases are just happy accidents, and it was just something that I did. I, you know, probably about a year and a half ago, like, really started going to a lot of drag shows, and I, you know, was drinking, and... Uh, feeling very excited by what I was seeing because I loved drag so much. And I I would start, when I really thought the queen was going above and beyond, I would just scream good job at the top of my lungs. And I want to be clear, you know, Golden's involvement 
of saying good job extends far beyond the drag scene. Of course. We went to go see the SpongeBob musical the other night. (laughs) And, you know, since we're, you know, artists who, yes, are doing things, but, you know, we're still, like, struggling and we're figuring out how to sustain a career doing this. And we're sitting in the second-to-last row of the mezzanine. (laughs) And this girl who plays Pearl comes out, which, by the way, like, anyone who's listening, if you haven't seen SpongeBob yet, you gotta go. It's brilliant. It's original. It's creatively imaginative and so satisfying. It's amazing. And the girl who plays Pearl comes out with this epic voice. It's ridiculous. And Golden is standing in, like, the back row screaming, Good job! Like, in the middle of a theatrical I couldn't help it because (laughs) it's just this, like, entirely, like, unjustified but completely mind-blowing display play of talent that happens. I mean, it is technically drag. Yeah, we're all born naked and the rest rest is drag. drag. That's what they say. Who says that? I don't remember. I I don't know her. Rue something? RuPaul. 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 (laughs) So let's talk a little more about Two Tuckers. Sure. Um, What inspired the show? Weirdly enough, it was a gig that fell through. And Golden was, I mean, we're not going to name names, but Golden was uh, about to do a gig at a venue with an owner who proved to be kind of a D-I-C-K mm-hmm. and canceled the gig very last minute. And it was a new show. It was going to be potentially a weekly gig. We were both really excited about it. We had material that we were writing at the time that we thought Golden was going to get up and do. And we said, okay, well, how can we like spin this into something and continue the momentum that we're on? So the, and, day, the, yeah. the day that the gig got canceled, we just kind of went to our resources and we're trying to figure out venues that we could potentially take that gig and do it the night that we were supposed to do the show, uh, which didn't end up happening because it was very last minute. Um, but that's how Due we to got the DICK. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's how we got into contact with Thomas at the duplex. And, um, from there we were like, okay, well how can we get asses in the seats for the show? And I was like, well maybe we should combine our resources and just both be on stage and do something together and Two Tuckers was born. And the amazing thing about it, when it did happen, that very first show, was that you know we, we both come from co- communities se- separately that are both creative, in which typically people, whether there is a lot of support and love within the community, there's also a lot of jealousy and cattiness mm-hmm. and a lot of bitchiness that happens. As a singer, you know, the old saying goes, it's like, don't, don't promote another singer. You know, don't promote another songwriter. And the same thing is kind of true in drag. It's like, you, you love your sisters and you want to support them, but, you know, your show is yours. And it's hard to want to say, oh, you've got to go see this queen or you've got to go do this. But a week after the first show, people were still posting about it online and coming to us saying it was, like, so positive and warm. And that to us was like, oh, we need to continue doing this, that we can inspire these people who would otherwise be... So cutthroat with each other to want to love and support each other and laugh and have a good time. And even just like being up on the stage at the duplex and getting to look out into the audience and seeing, you know, my sisters in drag at the show because they're going to their gig afterwards. But then like also all of, you know, Tucker's family, friends and connections from the music industry who are like, you know, established songwriters and performers out there all kind of mingling in the same space and all enjoying the same show and laughing at the same jokes. and It, it just it, made sense. It creates a community yeah. in a way that I think is really unique and that we're really proud of. That's awesome. And you both bring your unique flavors to the show where you have live singing, you have drag mixes, you, you do the lip syncs together, and it's a lot of fun. And how do you pick the material? Well, the thing that we're sort of finding, especially heading into this third one, you know, our, our stuff is really still in its infancy, is finding stuff that we've called as a mantra that just feels right. Um, when we have fun doing it, that's sort of what makes sense to choose. Uh, for me and the solo numbers I do, I try to do numbers that I know have worked for me as just a solo artist in concert in the past where I've gigged at like the Cutting Room and Birdland and the Bitter End and those sort of New York City places where I've been fortunate enough to call a home as st- as, as a stage for me. Um, but I've also, since I'm writing pretty prolifically all the time, I try to just throw something new in there to just sort of workshop it in front of a new crowd. And I know for you, you sort of do the same thing with your mixes. Yeah, you know, we're, we're out there all the time doing drag and getting to try out new numbers and see what works and what doesn't. And I think with Two Tuckers, I try to just do the numbers that I 
enjoy doing the most. So, you know, I spend the rest of the time trying things out that are new. And then I have, you know, a core of five or six numbers that I know are the ones that work every time and the ones that I really love to do, which is what that blowjob mix is. And that's what mm-hmm. that Patty Lapone mix that I do that, you know, and there, there are also things that I think are universal. You know, there are things that people who come from the music industry will enjoy. People who haven't ever seen a drag show before will enjoy, but still getting to expose them to what we do out there, you know. I think what we really strive to do, too, with the show is to make it something that no matter who you are, whether you're a 50-year-old mother of three or a 21-year-old who's finally allowed to come into a gay bar for the first time. There's something for everybody there. Um, and that's especially why we love rotating the guests every time. We've had some amazing guests come for the first two shows. Um, we usually bring up a comedian and then someone from the theater or Broadway scene. Um, and that material gets really chosen and created based on who we're working with. So at the last show we did, we had the unbelievably funny Catherine Cohen, who is uh, of UCB training and is on the house team there. Uh, and we got together with her and we're like, okay, what's a song that like we would want to write together? And we ended up writing a song called I Want to Fuck My Therapist. And it just became something that took on a life of its own. But then we also get to do fun things like what we did with um, Catherine Allison at the last show, which was take a song from her Broadway show, Aladdin, and kind of turn it on its head. And, uh, and turn it into like a, a chance for you to lip sync. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So when it eventually goes to Broadway for like a Broadway run, um, what Broadway stars do you want to see as your guests? <sighs> That's such an amazing um, question. There's only one answer, and that is that we're being, bringing Babs back to the Great White Way. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think Barbara Streisand would be a wonderful addition to Babs, Two Tuckers. Babs would fit right into the Two Tuckers world. Absolutely. No doubt. No that, that doubt. She's Imagine pick. her like singing Two Tuckers with us, like the theme song. Two Tuckers. That's it. That's it. Again, universe, you're hearing it. It's out there. <laughs> it's out there, Barbara. <laughs> So I want to, um, since it is Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. and you're both fairly smart people, right? Um, I'd, I'd like to think we've so. established that I'm a yeah. dumb blonde, Michael. Well, I, I have some. I had some friends and some listeners send in some love advice questions for you both. Ooh, um, are you ready to help the audience? Absolutely. Anytime. Okay. So this first question is: How long after chatting up a boy is it okay to send a dick pic? It well, depends on how hot he is, girl. <laughs> that is the true answer. I'm going to be fully transparent with you. If he's a 10, three messages in. Okay, okay, three messages my, in. My question is, in what capacity are we talking to this boy? Are we like... Did yeah, we, what do you did, want out of did this Did we meet him on the subway and he gave you his number? Is this like a grinder boy? Is this... You know, it, it depends what you want from sure. him. Sure. If you're just looking to, you know, hit it and quit it. I'd say a solid three to five messages. We've gone back on our grinder first grinder interaction, and we were when we really, met, and we were very, very like yeah. we were very PG thirteen. Is this gonna be a song one day, <gasps> Michael? Blocked up. There we go. There we go. This is it. Is that the new theme song? <laughs> Can't stop him. Love it. Love it. No next how next question is. Next question. What do you do when he has a teeny weeny peeny? Well, it depends what. This, see, my stance is always going to be like it. It depends what you're looking for. But I'm saying like some some people are into that. I am not one of those people. That's okay. I mean, you know? if he has a teeny weeny peeny, then fuck his brains out. All right. Yeah. I think that's a new song too. Teeny weeny peeny bugle boy from, from Company B. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sung by Ben Miller. <laughs> sung by Ms. another guest that we oh, would love. Yes, I would. I would plots. Yeah. All right. Next. Next question. What do you do when you have a crush on one of your good friends? Do you tell them, or do you just pine over them and focus on the friendship? Well, I'm gonna say it depends on what you want. <laughs> No, I I'm going to go fuck the you know, rooms out. You know, <laughs> that's a hard one to answer because it is a really sticky situation. Um, I think if you really believe what is right for the two of you is for you to express your feelings to them, then that's what you need to do, you know? I think honesty is the best policy. I, I agree. I, I think living a life in which you feel afraid to say how you feel is a dangerous life to live. I like that. I totally agree. I think that you you tell them how you feel and you trust that if they're really a great friend, um, 
if they feel the same way, they'll obviously express that to you and you'll live a long, happy life together. And if they don't, you'll both be mature enough to uh, get the fuck over it. Yeah. All right, next question. What is the best way to get out of a bad date? Oh, I've done this. I've had, I've, I, yeah. (laughs) Great. Great job, Golden. Uh, English. I always, if I go, like, especially if I'm meeting someone from Grindr or if I'm an app or someone I've never met before, I always make sure to tell people, like, where I am and what I'm doing, and I always have an escape plan. Uh, And so I have had, I I have texted friends and been like, can you please call me and say that my mom's dead? That's what that was that one time? Is, like, the code word, like, yeah, bad apple? Line. Bad apple! That's good. It's not, that hasn't previously been the code Another word, great really idea for a song, it. bad yeah. apple. There are so many apple puns out there, Michael. There are so many. I can't even keep track. You're going to have an entire apartment one day of apples? Oh, that's my childhood home. Like, I, I grew up on, a, on an apple orchard. I went so... to Golden's childhood home pretty recently in the last few months, and there are apples everywhere. Are the, is, like, the furniture made out of apples? I mean, not the furniture, but, but like, like, the apple curtains. picture frames. And, like, apple pot holders that are, like, hanging. And apple bottom jeans. Boots with boots the fur. With the fur. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Next question is, <laughs> you just started dating someone new. Do you have to delete all photographic evidence of exes on social media? No. No, no it's important to be transparent. And I think people get so freaked out about that stuff. But if someone's going to be that possessive over you and think that you never lived a life before them, then what kind of life are you living? Like, I totally agree. Like, that? those are memories all the same. And yeah. I think that it's important to look back at those and remember the good times, you know? Like, you didn't post on Instagram when you were fighting with the person when you were breaking up. You are posting on Instagram when you are having fun. Yeah, so ideally those are the positive memories. Yeah. Another serious question. Okay. How do you know when your relationship is over? That is like, wow, that was a that moment is, of silence. Wow. So deep. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've had a few relationships in, in my time. And the, 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 the moments where I've known that it was over were typically when there was just no more fun to be had. It's fair. Where, where it was just like, you know, this has been great. It doesn't mean we don't love each other anymore. But I think there's a difference between love and fun. And just because you love someone doesn't mean that you should be with them if you're not having a good time. I also think that, you know, it's possible to fall in and out of love. And I think that, you know, like, you know when it's time. And sometimes, sometimes the other person doesn't know. And that makes it that much more difficult. But um, you just kind of have to follow what you know is the right path for you. I feel, I feel like. We're so inspirational. Wow. Yeah. Uh, So another friend sent this one in. Um, Are y'all aware that there's a stocking fetish? Where gay guys wear stockings. Have y'all ever tried that? Slash, do the pads get ever get in the way? <laughs> I, for one, have never tried that. I have ever. never heard of a stocking fetish. And I, while I will not shame anyone's uh, fetishes and I will not yuck anyone's yum, um, I will say that my least favorite thing about drag is having to wear all those tights. How many do you have to wear? I usually am wearing at least five pairs. It gets hot. It gets hot and it hurts my toes. Yeah. And I mean, like, I could cut the toes off of my tights, but then if I'm wearing, like, a shoe that... Open toe. Uh, yeah. Not an open toe, necessarily, but, like, that, like, shows, like, the top half of my foot, then it'll roll back and you'll see my my hairy knuckles, you know? The illusion's gone. The illusion. I And I am an illusion queen. It's true. It's true. <laughs> That's is that, me. Is that what they're calling you now? Yes, I'm a beautiful woman. Uh, so this is the last question. This is um, a question I have. Um, how do I get Adam Rippon to love me? Okay, I have some beef to pick with you about this. Not because Adam is not a beautiful man, but I saw the other day you posted on the interwebs a vote between mm-hmm. either, like, if you had to choose between Gus... Ken, Ken, Kenworthy. Kenworthy. I, I, <laughs> I always think it's Kentworthy, but it's Kenworthy. And Adam. And... I don't know, like, my my heart just lies with Gus. Like, I can't... He, I mean, he Gus, did, if you're listening, he did <laughs> hit come me first. up, let me know. I think that the real key to making <sighs> Adam Rapon love you is, um... <laughs> I 
Gandalf, if you're thinking about this really hard, or you're well, just pausing for dramatic <laughs> effects. Like, Both. <laughs> um, is, you know, you can't make anyone love you, sure. Michael. Okay. Um, but you can show up at his house. Great. Done deal. So I'm gonna, gonna be like Milk. Great, yes. Just like milk. Just like too milk. Soon. We too need too to soon. follow in those footsteps that have been laid out for us, speaking of figure skating. <laughs> it's true. Everything comes full circle. Wow. I love it. I got wow. here on Block Talk, it all comes full circle. How do you stay focused and committed to the art? Reminding myself to have fun. That's really the thing. Um, when I started like really taking drag seriously, especially after winning the Ultimate Drag Pageant, um, I stopped having fun for a while, and um, it was right around the time that I met Tucker that I was, like, really considering taking a little break and taking a step back, and um, it was Tucker who really encouraged me to keep going with it because he saw a couple of shows that I was doing and believed in what I was doing um, as an entertainer, and uh, he just reminded me of how fun it can be to get up on stage and make people happy, and so that's what I try to remind myself before every show is... um, to let go of my obsession with perfection and to have fun and make sure that everyone in that room is having fun with me. And I've been struggling with similar issues recently. You know, I just turned 25 a few months ago and I'm going through that, like, I guess what some might clinically refer to as a quarter life crisis. And I've been thinking about it and Golden's really reminded me this is like, you know, I'm, I'm seeing friends of mine I grew up with explode and become huge stars and the second that I stop focusing on where I am and like what's happening versus other people's success or failures and just focusing on where I am and having fun and doing the best work possible, it allows this focus to come through where the work feels right, which is, I think, a theme of what we've been talking about today. Uh, The other thing too is, you know, Golden mentioned this earlier that we went to this event at MoMA the other night and we went to go see uh, Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman do a talk uh, that was moderated by Michael Musto all about their club scene from the late 70s at Club 57. And they showed a lot of clips and they played a lot of material from what they had done. And the real takeaway from it for us beyond knowing what came before us is that what made their work so great was that they were just having the best time simply to have a good time. And then the art by association just was elevated. Um, so I, I don't know, I've just been thinking a lot about that recently, about focusing on the art. It's like, you focus on it because it's fun. You focus on it because you're doing it with people who you like to do it with. And that's what ultimately will elevate the work, you know? Yeah, and I think we've been set up in a situation where we're kind of fighting an uphill battle with that because, um of the climate we're in right now, nothing is truly ephemeral anymore and it never will be. And so it's hard to forget about what happened and focus on what's coming. Um, And that's something that I'm trying to do is, you know, constantly just be doing something new every day rather than focusing on what was imperfect or not ideal about what I did yesterday. There's always some sort of drama in nightlife, and sometimes it always seems like there's a community when it's convenient. In a community of sisterhood, why is it important to be supportive of each other? I don't think anyone is really truly happy when they're involved in drama the way that sometimes the drama unfolds in nightlife. Um, I try to stay out of it as much as possible and sure it's entertaining and it can be an opportunity for people to be funny and all of that but I think that another thing that I've challenged myself to do recently is to make sure that my comedy isn't based in cynicism and that it's based in uplifting and um, and in affirming a positive attitude with people um, and so while it's kind of just a natural thing because you know, it's a it feels very high stakes for all of us, and you know we're finally we finally feel like we as gay people have a voice, and we as drag queens and nightlife performers have um, opportunities to have real mainstream success. It becomes really really high stakes for everybody, and I think the that the second you stop focusing on other people and focus on yourself and your collaborators and just having a great time with them you're going to be more fulfilled artistically and that's what's going to get you noticed by the people that can give you those opportunities. And beyond that, that's why you should support people who you believe in. Um, 
you know, I think it's important to go see things that sometimes you don't like, too, just mm-hmm. because they're doing similar things to you, and it allows you to see what you're doing in a whole new way also. And beyond that, the only way that especially drag as an art form, you know, will continue to thrive throughout decade to decade to decade is with when people go and cheer each other on, e- even if you don't love the content that you're right. watching. Um, and I always say, too, especially as a musician, that, you know, and I mentioned it before, like, it's it's often very cutthroat and it's very competitive. And I know that's true in drag, too, from what Golden has told me about. You know, I don't experience it firsthand as much. But I think that when you go and support your sisters or your fellow performers, it reminds you that you're only living this one time, no matter what you believe in. And it's just a chance to see things and to be seen and to be a part of something bigger than your own ego. And I think ultimately drama is just like a really great distraction from getting the work you need to get done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's something that we're all struggling with. Like no one is perfect. No one is able to totally remove themselves from it because it is like ultimately like really compelling. We've been kind of conditioned to think that drama is fun, but it's just like, you know what else is fun? Like making comedy and making music and being creative and pushing boundaries. So we are going to play a game called Tucker's Reveal It All. Oh my god, it's so And we nervous. are going to see how much Tucker and Golden know about each other. So before the show, I asked both of them a couple questions, and let's see how they did. Oh, yeah, oh so my gosh, nervous. I'm so nervous. There's some questions that I haven't even figured out what my answer for myself are, so we'll All right, to find so out. The first question was, when and where was your first kiss? Tucker, you are going to answer what you think Golden said. I think Golden's first kiss happened in a theatrical production. You're right. I am? Well, kind of. I mean, it was in a rehearsal for a theatrical production. Okay, but, but it was for a theatrical production. Yeah, it was production. in William Senior High, Williamson Senior High School's auditorium with a girl named Sam who stopped talking to me after I came out of the closet. All right. Miss no. you, Sam. Kisses. Golden. <laughs> Um, oh, I said at a middle school dance for Tucker. That's not, like, too far off. And the story was I went to a performing arts uh, summer camp growing up called French Woods. Oh, of course it happened at French Woods. It happened at French Woods, which was, like, everyone's awakening. But it was with a girl named Lauren. We Mm. were, I think, 12. And I brought her... Because everyone was trying to hook up. That was the thing. It was like making out with, with tongues was like the big thing. That's so, hooking up? Yeah. I mean, just in case you didn't know. I mean, um, in my mind, like hooking up involves tongues too, but... No, yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> so I, I brought Lauren after a dance. We like went to the dance. So she, dance? she Yeah, but this wasn't at middle school. This was at camp. And I, I brought her to the back of my bunk and I remember all the boys from the bunk. Like, my counselors let me stay out, like, an extra five minutes. Wow. Because they knew I was going to have my first kiss. And oh. Lauren, like, stuck that tongue, like, down my throat. Ooh, and Lauren. I've never kissed the same way. I will, <laughs> I will say, I will say that Sam, on closing night of, it was White Christmas. Of course it was um, On a closing night of White Christmas, did slip me the tongue. Nice. Mm. Yeah. She went for it. Next question. What is your partner's favorite body part of yours? Okay, you answer first. Okay, I said that mine was either my piano playing fingers or my sweet ASS. <laughs> oh, my answer for you was your smile. That, is, is that a body part? A sure. Smile? I mean, well, that's very sweet. Thank you, Golden. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's very sweet. So I said that your answer for me was going to be my legs. Yes. Golden's legs. I love Golden's legs. Was I right? Yeah, she's, she, she's, she's a tall piece. Cool. That's it. Number three. How long does it take your partner to get ready in the morning? Are we doing this right? I just got so anxious that we weren't playing this game right. We're playing it right. Okay. (laughs) So I'm saying what... Sure, go ahead. (laughs) I'm ruining the podcast. (laughs) You go first. (laughs) So I'm saying my answer for Tucker, how long it takes Tucker to get ready. Yes. Yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, it's like give or take, but... It depends on if I've shaven that day, because I've been doing this thing recently where I like keep the fuzz, but I get rid of the neck, and I'm a, I'm a hairy guy, so I, I, it takes a little bit. But if I have it all done already, and I'm like pulling the day after I just shaved, like 15, 30 minutes. Like, so I'll, gi- I'll give you that one. Ding, 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 ding. And mine, <laughs> if it's golden getting ready, 
hours, honey. That's <laughs> hours. I give myself two or three hours you, before you, I have to leave. You usually have like two, like in, an hour and a half to two in, to get into face, depending yeah. on how ambitious you're getting. And then to like put everything on is eventually like another ten minutes. A little more than that, but yeah, ten, two to three 10, hours. 20, yeah, two to three hours. All right, number four. What is the most embarrassing thing your partner has ever done? I'm going to go first on this one. Um, this is shady. Her first year in drag. Oh, <laughs> that's wow. so shady. Wow. Some of those pictures, girl. <laughs> oh my God, don't go too far back on my Instagram, kids. Kids, do it. You will find gems. That is not That is not the answer I wrote down. What, what, um, what did you say? My answer, which I mean, since you lost... Um, I think I, we don't have to tell the whole story, but it's the time that I spilled Chinese food on myself at the movie theater. Oh, that was bad. I've never been so. What mortified. movie were we trying to see again? I, I, was I it the remember. Big Sick? I don't know. It was something that we ultimately like. The, we we had gone to uh, our favorite Chinese restaurant, the Cottage on the Upper West Side. Love the Cottage, and we went to the movie theater right down the block because it's right by Lincoln Center. And we Bill Murray this, like, was there. <laughs> I think you were convinced Bill Murray was there, but I also think the uh, <laughs> the stuff that you decided to uh, take eat down at the cottage, your, <laughs> eat at the cottage, convinced you of that. But we had leftovers, and they spilled all over your. I pants. spilled them all over my pants because because we were getting up to move our seats because Tucker didn't want to sit in the seats that were assigned to us. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so my answer for the most embarrassing thing Tucker has ever done is oh, the time gosh. that we had to. Get off of the subway at 125th Street so that he could have diarrhea in the Chuck E. Cheese. Wow. It was bad. And I, like, ran down. It was like, do you, do you, do you know the moment when it's coming? Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, my goodness. It's like, we've got to get there. It was like a straight-up bridesmaid's, like, middle-of-the-street moment. So I'm, like, running up the escalator of Chuck E. Cheese. And I didn't want Golden to, you know, come with me into the restroom because of the sounds emanating out of... Of course. ...the bathroom. The so, oral experience. So, so... <laughs> Or, yeah, in, in all of its forms. And I told Golden to wait outside, so there's all these, like, little kids running around, and Golden's just, like, on her phone, standing in the Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> looking like, I don't even know what. Oh, it's a creep. <laughs> it looks like a creep. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Was, I'm a victim. It was embarrassing, and I'm, and I'm sorry if that situation. I, I really am. Number five, was your partner rather sweat profusely in the bedroom or have perpetual dry mouth? Okay, so this is really easy to answer for Tucker because Tucker is the most hot-blooded human in the history of the world and refuses to sleep in nothing else than an icebox. So Tucker would definitely choose dry mouth over sweating. Yes, and I would say the same for you because you already have a lot of dry mouth very often from the amount of <laughs> marijuana food that you at smoke. the cottage. Right? <laughs> um, I chose dry mouth. Yeah. For myself. Yeah. 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 We're, it's we're a match. both on the same page. It's a match. Yeah. It's a match. Number six. What is your partner's most irritating habit? All right. I'm 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 about to throw some some shade okay, in your direction, Miss Golden. Habit. Her same dance move that she does every single time. <laughs> oh no! Hey, for those of you who aren't hip to Golden Delicious, which you should be, she does this thing on stage it's my every pose. time where she like takes her right hand, usually right, right? Yeah. And right, right, and like brings it from her from her waist. And puts it right in front of her head and like lifts it above her head on a big note. It's a porta bra. Oh, oh, is okay. I don't know if that's actually <laughs> truly a porta bra, but I, um, I'm not that dance educated, but I just refer to it as the golden dance move. Well, yeah. now everyone going to your shows can try to capture that moment on uh, camera. Um, oh, you will see it multiple times throughout one show. <laughs> that is not the answer that I wrote down. I, I wrote down my um, really, truly incredible ability to flood the bathroom at your home uh, when I use the shower. Of course. I because don't, I don't know how to use thing, the shower. Golden's very tall, so right. when she's you know cleansing herself in the bathroom, she has to like move the, the nozzle higher, and the water gets everywhere. I think I've gotten a little better at it, but it really pisses Tucker off. Um, I said that Tucker's most embarrassing habit, annoying habit, is his bad breath. I'm trying to figure out what to do about it. He has it's a like, serious it's case. It's bad, and it's like it's it's only come in the last few years. Like I I don't know if I have something undiagnosed that I need to get looked at. Bitch, I think you just need to floss. 
Bitch better floss. <laughs> another song. Bitch better floss. The album is ready. We <laughs> can sell that to dentists across America. Yeah. Can you imagine two Tuckers becoming the face of like Oral B? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gonna happen. Oh God. All right, number seven. Which Golden Girl would your partner be? Hands down, I think we're both answering the same thing about each other. Really? One, two, three. Blanche. Blanche. No, I think you're definitely Blanche, but I think I'm a Dorothy. Why? Just because of the height? Yeah, because I'm a very B. Arthur. I am, you know, a cold bitch. I just think you're sort of like a a lady who loves. But I am fun. a I am a Blanche. You know, I I think I'm a kind of a Blanche. There's Dorothy a little bit hybrid. of all of them and all of us. Yes, yeah. and that's why it's so universal. Number eight. Not many people know it, but my partner is really good at. Okay, what did you say? I said juggling. A few people know this about Golden Delicious, but she's she's really like a good juggler. Like she can. Let me clarify. <laughs> I can juggle three apples. You okay, know what I mean? Course. Like that's my skill level. Like I can juggle them in one direction. I can't reverse the direction. I can't like juggle with another person. I can only do three, but I can very solidly juggle three balls um you know there's nothing like a tricycle um i we actually about the triangle earlier yeah, yeah three, my three, my three. first time on stage in like drag I'm, I'm using air quotes for those of you listening at home again the first year um, go find those gems folks um was well you'd have to go to my my boy instagram for this but i was in a production of stop the world i want to get off in college and they cast they wanted people in their auditions to show any circus talents that they had so i juggled and I was cast as part of, like, a circus troupe that did the pre-show for the show. And we all uh, had to develop, a, like, a, like a Commedia dell'arte-based character, but, like, a modernized <laughs> version. And so my character was named Sister Mary Dionysus. Of course she was. Um, and I played a juggling nun. And so I did this whole bit where I... But the thing is, I can only juggle three balls. So it was all, like, a joke that, like, I couldn't really juggle. Like, I would, like, juggle, like, I juggled golf balls, and then I juggled apples, actually. And then after that, I was like, I'm going to juggle Bibles. And then the act got interrupted by the next person, and I didn't mm. actually get to juggle the Bibles. But So are we going to see juggling um, apples in your next teacher's pet? That's a possibility. Um, I actually just premiered my juggling skills as a drag queen on stage at Ms. Diamond Wigfall's uh, monthly show yeah. at the West End. Um, so Which, maybe... you know, I had never seen you juggle, like, actually in like on stage before. yeah and it was pretty cool i think it was like it added another dimension to golden delicious it was it was cool yeah she's got skills kitty <laughs> and you um i said that people don't know but tucker like was a gymnast for quite some time i was going back to french woods i have seen some videos of tucker doing some pretty intense uh trapeze moves yeah, I the thing about French Woods that beyond it being in, in, in its performing arts right was that they had the largest children's circus in the world. Oh, I did so, not know that. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. And I was there they did when I was there mostly three sessions of time that reached three weeks long. And since I was like a lifer there, I went there for a decade, I was there for nine weeks every summer. And so there were three circus shows you could do and they would have me do static trapeze or flying trapeze and I used to get like caught and returned back to the board and I really missed doing it. It was like a huge part of my life growing up. I really Well two Tuckers on Broadway, it's gonna happen. Two Tuckers on Broadway, Golden Juggles and (laughs) (laughs) I juggle and Tucker flies across the stage. While Barbara (laughs) Streisand and Bette Miller do a duet. Oh my god of two Tuckers. Okay, but what what um what did you think I was gonna say about you? Uh, I thought you were gonna s- wait and w- which for your is talent. Something? I see your talent. Oh, I don't know. You didn't write one down. No. Oh, well, I don't know if I won, but I thought yes. you were gonna say my face tune ability because I, oh, you're the queen because of I'm the queen of face tune, and I and here's the thing: I'm gonna go on record and say it. Sure, I edit my pictures, but at least I look good, bitch. <laughs> oh, oh. Will you teach me how to face tune? Absolutely, yeah, for a small you. fee. <laughs> We're a very small thing. Last question. Who is your partner's favorite New York City drag queen? Okay, I said that Tucker's favorite New York City drag queen is Britta Filter. 
I do love Britta, but Golden, you're my favorite New York City drag queen. Oh. But I know that Golden's New York City drag queen of favorite. And again, I'm not, you know, I, I love drag. I'm not that savvy. I'm pretty sure this queen is New York City drag queen. I'm nervous that you're going to embarrass is yourself. It, Aquaria? I love Aquaria. Yeah, she's love beautiful. She, she's, you're always talking about her. She is a New York City drag queen until okay. like in a month from now. Yes. <laughs> Yes, but, but, you're, but you're always talking about like her her Instagrams and how good she looks. She's, she just yeah. turned 22. She just turned 22. Can you believe she that? She's a baby. Yeah. All right, so we're going to do the pop five rapid fire. So I'm going to give you five pop culture things, and you're going to give us a word, a phrase, a common, whatever Great, word association. Okay. Let's do it. Number one, Mean Girls on Broadway. Nikhil Sabu, Two Tuckers, Monday, February 19th at 9.30 p.m. at the Duplex Cabaret Theater. And mine's going to be a two-word. So fetch. So fetch. Number two is New York Fashion Week. We just went. Two two words as well. Veronica Beard. Yeah. We just went to her show. It was amazing. We're not doing a good job at only one word. No, that's We're fine. Not. You don't have to do one oh, word. Veronica right. Beard, is, Veronica our, Beard. Is, is our two words. Her show was awesome. We went the other day um, to um, a, a friend of the two Tuckers. Um, yeah, it was super fun. Uh, I'm working with... Uh, there's two Veronica Beards. Uh, one of them is Veronica Mealy Beard, whose daughter I'm currently helping to write songs with as part of a team that's working with her and developing her as a pop artist. And we went to Veronica's show, and it was at Highline Stages. It was so fun. We met some awesome people. It was their fall 2018, their fall 2018 collection. collection. And it's all, you know, inspired by, they just opened their the first Dallas, store in Dallas. Denim, so it's all, like, denim diamonds. and diamonds, it was called. It was so And it cool. was rhinestones, and it was denim, and it was suede. It was beautiful. And Veronica's, if you're listening, we're ready for you to create something for Golden Delicious. Oh, my God, girl. on fire. <laughs> Actually on fire, though? I mean, sure. if only. <laughs> I'm in the pyrotechnics. All right, Two Tuckers th- on Broadway. <laughs> number three is Catherine McPhee in Waitress. Is that happening? Yeah, that was announced today. Oh my <gasps> god, I haven't been on the internet today. My one word, gagged. Yep, she's coming in next. Gag-a-rooney! I love Catherine McPhee. I love her voice. She's gonna be on Broadway! From Smash to Broadway! Is, 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 is her Broadway debit? It is. Oh my god. Wow. This is exciting. Number also, f- I know it's pronounced debut. I'm just being stupid. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Number four is Call Me By Your Name. We haven't seen it yet. Neither have I. Uninformed is my word. Yeah. yeah. I just got movie pass, so at this point I like... Congratulations. Amazing. I Congratulations. don't go to very many movies in the theater. Neither do I. Um... But I feel like I need a movie pass so I can feel included. That's the only way I'll I have go. a confession to make. Go this for is it. Th- this is newsworthy stuff, guys. I voted in the SAG Awards for the guys from Call Me by Your Name, and, and you didn't, I didn't see, see it. it. Oh no! Did they not okay. send you a screener? They did. I just didn't have time to watch it. It's okay, it's okay. This is breaking news. You have no integrity. I know. It's so sad. And number five. <laughs> Barbara Streisand. God. <laughs> Everything. She is the only person in, in this entire world that I do not know that I would take a bullet for. She um, inspires me <laughs> every single day of my life. Um, there, when um, a certain horrible man got elected into office, it was a very hard time for all of us, right? And so I woke up every single morning for months after that, and I listened to her recording of Beautiful by Carol King every single morning, the first thing that I did when I woke up. And it really got me through that time. Yeah. Um, she, I, I really don't have words for what Barbara Streisand means to me. I love her so much. And my one word, <laughs> Barbara Streisand... <laughs> Will be legend. Legend. Icon star. She, she is. So I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. Oh, yes. Oh, cool. So this is a question from Chelsea Pierce. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Her question is, who should be our next president? Ooh. This is rough because I do kind of want to hop on the Oprah train like everybody else. No. But the conversation Golden and I had the other day is like, it needs to be someone who has like an understanding of politics a and, and the law. And, uh, yeah, you know. But frankly, you know, like 
not that I'm saying this was a great thing. We've had a Reagan now. We've had Trump. Like maybe it's time for someone with a with a face who can keep the peace of America. To I be can't the believe you're saying that. I don't publicly. know. Like maybe maybe it's time. Who knows? I really deeply disagree with what Tucker just said. Great note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily time to start thinking about that. I like that. Mm. So now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. Are you coming do, to two Tuckers? Do, <laughs> do, do we each get to ask one? One question. One, one question. question. We, have to, we have to agree. Look into my eyes. What? <laughs> Ready? Let's just say it together. Ready? <laughs> oh, that's going to go so this well. This is going to be the, the SNL sketch right here. Give me like a solid 10 seconds of silence just for dramatic effect on the podcast and for me to make up my mind. <laughs> what, what time, time of, of day... day do, Do you like to brush, brush your, your teeth? That's the best question I've had so far. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. You can, I'll give you my address at the end of the show sure. so you can mail us our plaque. It's amazing. <laughs> that was a toothbrushing pun. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. It all goes downhill yeah. from your box. <laughs> if you've gotten this far, uh, use hashtag total dumb slut. <laughs> total dumb slut! Um, where can we find you both on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Mother Tucker Murray. Mother as in the thing we all have when we're born. Tucker, like my name, and Murray, my middle name that I've turned into my last. M-U-R-R-A-Y. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Ms. Golden Delicious. That's MS like the autoimmune disease, golden like the showers, and delicious like my pussy. And you, you can find Golden probably at most like places that sell food and drinks to see her in a show. Um, because the West End has food and drinks. Uh, Fresco's has food and drinks. Yes, it's a requirement. And the Duplex has drinks. Well, they, the uh, Duplex yeah. has they, drinks. They, they drinks they, like, don't they have uh, chips, too? Oh, maybe. I'm always on stage for that. I think, I I think they, sell, they may sell chips. They, they sell chips? Some chips? I want some chips. Okay, they did at need, one point. as We need to there. update our rider. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Two Tuckers, Monday, February 19th, 9.30 at the Duplex Cabaret. And I'm sure it's going to go on in March and April and May. And you'll... Stay tuned. Stay, Stay tuned. tuned. We've got some things in the works. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, thanks Michael. Thanks for having us, Michael. A huge thanks to Tucker and Golden for joining me. Remember, show us some love the best way you can. If you have any questions or comment, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.